Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Celtic View podcast, the podcast of the nine in a row champions. Obviously this week we were hoping to bring you the podcast on the back of a positive European result. Sadly, that wasn't the case. The 2-1 defeat at home to Ferenc Varos means that we are out of the Champions League. We now drop into the Europa League. We're going to discuss that game shortly, but first let's hear the post-match thoughts of manager Neil Lennon. Reaction to tonight's match? Well, I'm devastated. You know that shouldn't happen. It's a poor result. You know we dominated the game, umpteen chances, and um, we've conceded two really poor goals. So, you know, we all have to, you know, take responsibility for it. Certainly, I do for team selection. But you know, we did more than enough chances there to win the game twice over. In terms of the goals, is it um, more disappointment or frustration in the nature of them? Yeah, really poor. You know, the first one, you know, it's only Brownie trying to get out. There's another four or five going wrong side for some reason to get out of the ball. And then the second goal is, you know, individual error, which we should have dealt with comfortably. Now, it came that the winning goal came at a time where we had what appeared to be complete control of the match. Yes. Um, and against the run of play. Is that that concentration that you spoke of before the match? No, it's just a basic mistake I'm sick of seeing you know us making basic defensive mistakes we did the same against Copenhagen when we were on top sometimes you can't legislate for that um, he's in the right position he has to all he has to do is deal with it and he doesn't and we get punished for it but in the final third we should have been better as well because we had so many opportunities to score and it's a difficult one to take it's very early in the season so you have to pick up which I'm sure is a hurting dressing room at the moment for what is a big season ahead yeah the players need to you know Buckle up, you know, they've been okay, you know, and some of their attitudes has to be better. You know, they want to come and want to play for the club. And um, just detecting a little bit of malaise sometimes among them. And, um, you know, sometimes they're not as good as what they think they are. You know, so we have to, you know, analyse where we went wrong and then, you know, make a decision to remember as we go along. Thanks for your time, Neil. Cheers. Tony, you were at the game last night covering the game for the Celtic View and the Celtic website and I mean you can you can hear the, the disappointment, the frustration, I suppose the element of anger from in the manager there and you know, it was a game that he knows we all know you know we should have won and really disappointing in the manner in which we were knocked out. It was, yeah, it was it wasn't the best of starts with them scoring, but I thought we responded well and we were creating chances. Uh, James Forrest tested the keeper. Greg uh, Taylor whipped in a good cross as well. So there were a few chances. I thought we could have been definitely could have been playing better, but maybe unlucky not to go in level going into half time. But um, they were just really well organised defensively, and Celtic looked to be sort of struggling for creativity in the final third. So it was just. Uh, wasn't the best uh, of watches. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I've not really taken stock of it yet. It's just like just sort of wallowing and, and, and disappointing, as I'm sure that the manager and the players are as well. I suppose Joe, you know, kind of Tony alluded to it, and especially if we didn't get it off to the best start. And again, the manager spoke about the, the frustration of the goals that we lost. The first one, the ball broke out to the edge of the box, and, and you know, there was nobody to cover the shot. The second one, you know, he'd obviously mentioned was an individual defensive mistake. But certainly in the second half, it was just, it felt like we were laying siege to goal. We got that break with, with Ryan Christie's goal. We created chances, hit the bar with a goal in the back of the net that probably was onside. And 
you kind of felt that they were they were kind of hanging on, but then just that long ball over the top. And I think that's the frustration. It wasn't like it was a it was a great goal to undo us, given the fact we were dominating the game. Yeah, I mean, just kind of building on what Tony said there, to lose the other goals never a never a good start. But Celtic really took the game on from there. Uh, they had plenty of chances in the first half. They had plenty of chances in the second. The first goal, um, which the manager had, had pinpointed, was disappointing because it wasn't really shut down. Um, but it is a cracking finish. It is a, it's a good finish, which um, you know is, is well beyond the goalkeeper. He struck it really sweetly. The second goal is something which you know whether it be an individual error or, or whoever it, it kind of, it's kind of fallen on. It's, it's a goal which Celtic really should be um, dealing with. It felt like there was plenty of time to get that ball clear. But, yeah, it kind of came from nowhere. But credit to the visitors, you know, like, they sat in, they dug their heels in, and they caught Celtic on the counter. You know, lapse in concentration, whatever you want to call it, but it has cost Celtic dealing. Because I didn't feel, uh, Tony, that, you know, I think they started brightly, but I think as we get into the game, we were certainly you know, a much stronger team. I think their manager said after the game that's the best team, even given their exploits in the Europa League last season. We were of a better standard than the teams that they'd played. And there was probably there was slight an element of he kind of realised they'd maybe got that lucky break because, you know, I, I, certainly at the point when we'd scored the equaliser, you did feel that another goal was coming. Yeah, I think Celtic's dominance really showed in the, the second half, towards the end of the first half and then in the, the second half as well. And like Joe said, they dug their heels in and they were trying to catch us on the counter-attack. But for most of those attempts, it was just sort of easily dealt with. You know, Julian just heading it back down to, to Brown and then restarting again, trying to create something. It was just sort of lacking the, the, the creativity. But when you look back on it, we did create chances. It's... It's not all a, a case of bad luck. The, the, this, this Celtic team is definitely capable of far more and, and they'll know that and they'll be disappointed. But you can see in the reaction of the visitors as well that you know they didn't expect to, to win this coming up against this Celtic side and having to, to deal with them for 90 minutes. They, they, they really felt, I think, that, that they um, you know, came out on top as, as underdogs. And I suppose, Joe, now you know, we drop into... The third qualifying round of the Europa League. The draw for that is next Tuesday. There is an outside chance as well. We might go straight into the playoff because I think two of the teams will just be given, they'll be drawn randomly out of the hat and they may get a buy into the next round. But we'll know on Tuesday what our, our fate is in the Europa League. But potentially two more, another knockout tie and then a, a playoff home and away leg to, to get to the group stages of the Europa League. Yeah, um, I actually think the, the playoff in the Europa League is single leg, uh, unlike the Champions League, so it is two um, single leg games. Uh, yeah, I mean, last night um, is, is, is disappointing, no matter how you look at it, the, the, to go out at this stage is disappointing. But, you know, it's something which the players and the manager need to move on from now. We had a great run, uh, specifically in the, the group stages last year of the Europa League. And, yeah, they'll be gunning to whether they get that by to the, to the playoff round or whether they need to play the... The, the extra round as well. That's where the focus needs to be in Europe this year. You know, it's it's not uh, Champions League wasn't to be this year, but it's shown before that they can do well in this tournament, and that's got to be the full focus. One of the players last night that was playing, Moyel Yanusi, he's on uh, the cover star of this week's Celtic View. You spoke to him for the Celtic View. Um, he'll be, you know, he, he looked a threat down that left hand side. Uh, obviously, he's talking in the view about his hopes for the season both domestically and Europe. So again, you know, we've already said it, like the rest of the players, there'll be a real frustration that they didn't get the job done. Yeah, and I think with El Yunusi in particular, I'm sure we spoke about this last week, he, 
with his injury last year, felt like he'd more to prove, extended his loan for a second season at Celtic, and so far this season has looked good. Um, he was one of the players which looked handy um, against Ferenc Varos, and um, yeah, had a, a few chances himself, some really good movement. He obviously started uh, well against um, Rekovic last week with his two goals, and is really looking to push his stats and his goal tallies and assist tallies. He's obviously linking back up with Albion Ayeti as well, and yeah, I think he's got a real point to prove this year. He'll be disappointed that um, you know Champions League football isn't to be this year. But in terms of pushing in the league, pushing in Europe, you know, it's still in terms of Europa all to play for there for him. I suppose Tony, when the you know the team was announced last night, the the big absence was Odson Edward. The manager had kind of said at the end of his press conference the previous day when he was asked just about the you know the state of health of the squad, he just mentioned that Odson had taken a knock at Tanadice. He was hoping he'd be able to shrug that off. He obviously wasn't able to, and that obviously, you know, hindsight's a great thing. He's, he's such a quality player, but you know that obviously then meant that the manager had to to rethink what he was going to do in terms of the, the attacking options. Yeah, he did, and you can tell from the fans' reactions that they're not happy with how the manager set the team up. But I mean, the manager sees a lot of the the players in training. He he'll know that maybe this game wasn't right for Klamala or Yeti still not on the pace quite yet. And Brian Christie is capable of scoring plenty of goals, great goal-scoring records. But he admitted himself in hindsight that he maybe would have set up the team differently. So, um, yeah, we've got good strikers there and they're only going to improve as, as the weeks and the months go on. So, while it might not be the best situation right now, you know, as, as the season goes on, we're, we're going to have a, a good few strikers and they're only going to be getting better as well and I think it's a lesson learned unless the manager will you know he says we'll analyse it and we'll look to make the changes moving forward so it's not like he's going to keep making the same mistakes the team's always learning they're always improving Neil Lennon's always learning improving and understanding that the players better so um, you know they're in the long term they're going to be positives to take from this disappointment right now. I suppose you're kind of similar to last season where we ended up dropping into the Europa League Ended up, you know, had a really good group stage campaign. Initially, after a, a result of that, there is obviously that disappointment and I say frustration. But the team has to move on. We're going to have a, a Premiership game at the weekend, then a, then a break for the international games. But obviously, the focus when it comes around to Europe is making sure we're in the, the group stages of that competition. Yeah, that's it. Um, as fans ourselves, I mean, we're all disappointed with with how. Vegas exited the Champions League this year. It's not to be this year. I've said that already. But there's still so much to play for. Sometimes it feels hard to see that when 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 you do face those disappointments. But um, yeah, we're back into domestic action at the weekend. Europa League all to play for there. We've got last season's Scottish Cup still still to play, and of course the domestic competitions this year. Not to mention quite an important league campaign ahead. So there are still loads to play for. You know, we accept that defeat. We accept the disappointment which comes with it, and then we have to move on. It's the same. Whenever we've faced disappointments in the past, there is still so much to play for and so much to be excited for this year. It's just getting to that stage. I'm sure the players, the manager and the fans will be looking to bounce back with a positive result at the weekend. And just one final thing just on that game that, you know, and, and we are where we are in terms of the reality of, you know, not having fans in just now. Uh, there's a test rugby game in Murrayfield on Friday night, Celtics. I think application or suggestion of, of having the game this weekend as a test game was rejected by, by the Scottish government. You kind of felt last night, particularly after we, we got the equaliser, that you know having the fans there, Tony, would have just you know given us that wee bit of momentum to go on and get the, the second goal. 
I think so. I remember speaking to players, and they've all kind of spoken on it now as time's gone by. But the the Lazio game at home, and just how much that really helped them on, and how big a difference they can make. You know, the fans getting behind them when Ryan Christie's equaliser gets in that stadium just transforms the atmosphere, just goes up a notch. And there's no question the players feed off that. It would definitely have. It made a, a big, big difference. Um, and we knew coming into this that the European games is, are, are the ones where the fans are going to be missed more than any other game. You know, the, the standard there and the challenges there and the sort of unfamiliarity with the, the, the teams you're coming up against. The fans play a really big part in that. So, yeah, the, as we thought, they, they were really sorely missed last night. Well, we will return to domestic action this weekend. This Sunday afternoon, we'll play Motherwell. They're actually in action as well this week in the Europa League. They play against Glentoran. So they will be the visitors to Celtic Park. We're going to have a look forward to that game and, and get uh, the thoughts of Tony and Joe shortly. But also, in terms of Motherwell, there was big news just after the Ferenc Varos game and the fact that David Turnbull has joined Celtic. Of course, last season that transfer fell through. He needed uh, you know, knee surgery. He's worked his way back to full fitness. In the early season, although Motherwell have struggled a bit, he's looked very impressive. And so he's now managed to seal that dream move to the home of the Scottish champions. We're going to have a, a chat about him and what he can bring to the team. But first, let's hear from the new boy from his very first press conference as a Celtic player. Yeah, it feels brilliant. Just kind of after what's been on, everybody knows, and just it's been a crazy week as well. Kind of happened in the country, so it's delighted to get it done after all. Yeah, long fourteen months. Did you always believe that this was where you'd be sitting? Yeah, I always had in the back of my head um, what I wanted to achieve, and obviously after what happened, just it's great to kind of top it off, really. How easy is it going to be for you to break into this team? Yeah, well, that's just down to the manager and the coaching staff, I'm just here, I want to play as much as I can, they'll give 100% and train every day and kind of look to, look to kick on and just give competition to the squad. Is there a sense of relief now that it's finally all settled? Uh, yeah, you could say that, just um, after all the talk and there's last season and then there was obviously some talk out last week and stuff, it's just, uh, yeah, it's good to get over with. It must give you real confidence that a club like Celtic really want to have you in their squad. That must give you a lot of confidence. Yeah, it gives me confidence. It's a huge club, obviously. Everybody knows that. and um, It will give me confidence going into training and games that they, they were looking to sign with even last year and this year as well. So, delighted. Joe, you know, I mentioned there just before we heard from David Turnbull the fact that you know last season he you know he was on the cards to join Celtic and then obviously he's, he's then had to go and get surgery and he's worked his way back to fitness. Obviously that set tells you everything about his character and you know again Motherwell have maybe struggled to to get the momentum going that saw them finish third last season, but he's certainly an exciting young player by not just from what Celtic fans see, but I think, you know, across the board, people are watching Scottish football say that, you know, we've got a really good player in David Turnbull. Yeah, and I, you know, I felt really sorry for the, the player himself, the way it went before he was on the cusp of, of signing for Celtic, really looking forward to that move. And then, of course, an injury which he had no sense of was, was discovered and he had to get his operations. I think he played two games, featured twice last year for Motherwell, if I'm not mistaken. So out for the the remainder of just recovering, getting into his rehabilitation and then getting back to fitness. Um, to see him now being noticed again by Celtic and then brought into the, the club, I'm sure he'll be delighted with that. 
as you say, Motherwell have had a bit of a, a checkered start this season. They've not really kind of hit the highs and that they had at the last the, the stretch of last season, the last few games, um, which which saw them kind of at that end of the table. But um, with David Turnbull, he is a, a, a real prospect, a real energetic-looking player. And yeah, I wish him all the best here at Celtic. I'm sure he'll be dying to, to make an impact as he has done at Motherwell. I suppose Tony, uh, you know, he's a young Scottish player who'll be wanting to make his mark in the Scottish Champions. I always feel anyway that every time we get a new player, it just kind of lifts the squad because it's, you know, it's it's someone else to help in terms of what they want to achieve this season and probably in the back of, you know, there'll be real disappointment within the dressing room this week that, you know, things like that can definitely help. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's good timing for, for him to come in. He'll have been dreaming about this moment for, for years and years and to, to get to this point now to be like training with his, his teammates and to see that standard as well it's something we hear a lot of the new players mention it's just that the standard in, in training is, is is higher than they expected and um, so that'll do him the world of good he'll want to impress as well other players will be looking at him during the training sessions and, and trying to match his enthusiasm as well so yeah he's only going to bring positivity you know coming in and meeting his new teammates and wanting to impress. Uh, it's, it's definitely exciting. It's what we need to, at this moment in time. And I suppose it's like, like football often has these things where, you know, we, we sign a player just days before we end up playing his former former team. So, you know, we sign him. He can obviously, Tony, can he can go into the squad for Sunday, whether he starts or whether he's on the, the bench. Or it'll be, it'll be a strange situation for him as well because he'll have been training with these guys, played with them, last weekend when they lost at home in the Lanarkshire Derby to Hamilton and then suddenly he's facing you know guys that he, you know friends and teammates of yeah I don't imagine any of his teammates will be surprised as well you know he's, he's made no secret how excited he, he is by the prospect of moving to Celtic and that as we know it was something that was in the works last season as well and I think it was just a case of um getting that surgery, getting over the injury and getting his fitness back up. I'm sure all his teammates knew that if, if he could do that and then show that he was at a similar standard or greater standard that, that Celtic and Neil Lennon wouldn't have forgot about him. So, yeah, I think it's been a, a long time coming. His teammates have had ample time to, to say their goodbyes. I'm sure they'll be quite happy for him given the struggles that he's went through. He seems like quite a popular player in the team and, and well-liked by his teammates. One thing I was I was thinking for Sunday, obviously, Joe, we have to bounce back with a win after the, the disappointment against Ferenc Varos. I mentioned that, that Motherwell are playing in Europa League against Glentoran. It's it's maybe something that their players aren't so used to, of that kind of Thursday-Sunday. You know, our, our players are well-versed in coming back or, or playing a tough European tie and then playing domestically. And given the fact that Motherwell have struggled so far this season, that's just another thing that, that Stephen Robinson says they're going to have to contend with. Yeah, it's a new challenge. And... Again, you know, Celtic do bounce back from European competition, particularly from European disappointments. Well, as history would show, Motherwell, as you said, they're not necessarily used to this. Um, but like we've, we've already seen this year, um, particularly at Tanner Dice at the weekend and at Rugby Park a few weeks ago, like when the, the teams come up against Celtic, who you know are the underdogs to win, they do want to dig in, they do want a, a point to prove. So regardless of of how Motherwell are feeling, I'm sure they'll come to Celtic Park, you know. Um, with a point to prove, they'll be wanting to, to do the best they can, as they always do, with some really favourable results against Motherwell in the three games last season, not least the 4-0 win back in February. Celtic dominated from start to finish. And Neil Lennon will be looking for his players to both respond to the, the European or the Champions League exit and try and replicate some of that form that they showed against Motherwell last season. 
you're going to be covering the game at Celtic Park for the view and, and for the website on Sunday. Would you expect the manager to to change the starting eleven, freshen up again? Just looking, obviously, it's it's different opposition, so maybe that will have a reflection on how he he sets the team up. But obviously, the, the fundamental thing is that, that we get the three points. Yeah, I think the manager the manager knows what he's doing with the team selection. I think just looking at the performance uh, against Ferret Varos, Jeremy Frimpong, when he came on, for example, looked really energetic, really lively. And maybe in a game where you'd expect Celtic to be playing most of their football on the front foot, having Frimpong on that side, causing that ball a down uh, the right flank, in a game where Celtic are pressing the game high up the pitch, might suit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really... Neil Lennon and, and John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan will be picking a team to win. And that's, that's the bottom line. Bouncing back with a positive result is something which the manager wants, the background staff wants, the players wants, and us as the fan wants. Um, and yeah, they'll do everything in their power to do so, I'm sure. And it's not quite a seamless link, but uh, you, know, you mentioned Jeremy Frimpong, and he is the cover star for the match programme for Sunday. Uh, you can get a, a print copy of, of that. You can order that. Also, for all season ticket holders, as part of the Pass to Paradise, you'll be able to access... Um, from either Friday night or Saturday morning, a digital version of the programme, uh, Jeremy Frimpong is interviewed in that. I know, Tony, you spoke to Tom Boyd for the programme as well, obviously Celtic legend, also a Motherwell legend as well, you know, that's where he started his, his career. There's no doubt where his loyalties uh, lie, and they always lie. <laughs> Paradise. Um, and I was quite impressed that you managed to do a whole interview with him and avoid him absolutely slating the match officials. <laughs> I, I think he saved that for. I spoke to Matt Tannadice, but before the game, so he was saving any sort of criticism towards the referees for when he gets on air, and that's when he sort of unleashes. But uh, it's amazing speaking to him. It, it's someone you know. I'm 32. I, I grew up and you know, seen him as a a Celtic captain, um, someone that I idolised and and being familiar with him. And you know, he'll see you and say, "How you doing, Tony?" It just it never like it never fails to to kind of move me. Like this this person that you look up to so much is so down to earth. Uh, it's, it's always great talking to him. He, he speaks well, and it was nice hearing a wee bit about um, how he felt towards Motherwell. He, he was talking about just how grateful he is that they they gave him his professional start. But you know, he, he didn't really talk about them for much. He's just keen to to move on and talk about Celtic and how they're doing this season and the sort of challenges they'll face, like Joe said, with, with teams coming in and sitting in. And um, I think the Motherwell game had just finished at that point, so that was them still with, without a win. So they're, they're going to come um, and be, be hungry and desperate to sort of prove a point and really kick their season off with a, a big result against Celtic. So they'll be fired up for it as well. And I should say, say Tom... He's always a great supporter of Celtic FC Foundation and some of you might have seen the wee film that they showed at half-time in the game during the midweek where Tom, uh, James McAvoy, Martin Thompson, Stylian Petrov, Tony Hamilton, the Chief Executive for Celtic FC Foundation, just talking about the Football for Good Fund. I think it's up over £700,000. Now, it's an incredible uh, amount of money that's been raised to help people who need it most, particularly during this time. Um, it's always a real bugbear of mine that, that we maybe don't, the foundation in particular, don't get the credit from the wider media that we really deserve for, for the work that's done to help those most in need, um, as well as like frontline NHS staff as well. Um, you can go on the Celtic FC Foundation Twitter page, you'll be able to see that video, and it also tells you how you can help and continue to support the Football for Good Fund. Tony, I'm going to ask you for a prediction for Sunday, as always. I can't remember what you, you predicted last weekend, um, but 
Uh, how do you how do you see the game going on Sunday? Um, I think I'm I'm going to go two 0 I, I think they'll be really focused defensively and annoyed at themselves for for conceding uh, two the other night. So I, I think the defence will, will be really alert and, and working hard. So I can't see Motherwell catching Celtic out. They'll be really concentrated from set pieces and on counter attacks. I think Motherwell are going to be in for a, a tough game and the frustration at maybe not putting away some of those chances that they're, they're going to be taking shots whenever they have sighted goals. So I think two, at least 2-0. Joe, uh, just before we go again, and I feel sorry for, for James Forrest, a milestone game against Ferenc Varos, his 400th appearance for the club, which is just a remarkable achievement. But sadly, we weren't able to mark that with uh, a victory. But still, for a player who's been here, you know, basically his whole playing career, you know, started just as a youngster, still for any player to, to have that longevity and make those number of, of appearances, as he's obviously his official biographer, um, you must be absolutely delighted. Yes, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? He's not long past his 10th anniversary uh, since Neil Lennon gave him his debut back in 2010. Yeah, not the most um, auspicious way to mark your, your 400 milestone, but I think with James Forrest, what you are guaranteed is, you know, just to put his head down and, and keep playing. He'll keep playing with Celtic until, yeah, until he hangs up his boots, I'm sure of that. But, uh, you'll be, he'll probably be personally disappointed. He'll be... Devastated for Celtic and Celtic down the Champions League in that fashion. But I mean, I think we'll be having the conversation again when it's his 500th or as long as he can keep going. So I'm sure that, yeah, maybe, maybe it takes the, the shine off the mouth on a little bit, but I'm sure that he'll be gunning for the next one after that. And, and that will start on Sunday from there on as well. And as is becoming the norm in, in our podcasts, we can't not plug a book that you've written. And obviously, when I mentioned the <laughs> biography, Homegrown Hero, uh, which is an excellent biography of, of James Forrest, who's obviously been here for the whole nine in a row and, and hopefully on for even more. So uh, that's available in all, all good Celtic stores and they're all good Celtic stores. <laughs> so I'm just going to uh, ask you for your prediction. As I said, you're going to be there on Sunday. Uh, how do you think it's going to go? Um, I've not got any of these right so far. I think I said 4 0 for Dundee United, and it was a tight 1 0. Um, I would take 1 0, to be honest. Like we said, it's important for the team to bounce back, to play with confidence, to not let the result um, overshadow too much because yeah, it has to be behind us now. And I know that these players and the backroom staff and the manager are consummate professionals. Um, I'm going to just copy Tony because 2 0 is more convincing. Um, but yeah, in any way, shape, or form, to be honest, if it's scrappy, if it's confident. I just want Celtic to get back to, to winning ways. And I'm sure everybody, club fans, everybody's the same. Well, I'm going to predict 4-0, if only because it then uh, leaves me with a, a really nice link into the last bit of video footage as we bid you farewell for another podcast. And that is, of course, the last time Celtic played Motherwell. That was last season. It was in February this year. It was at Fir Park. And it was a very impressive 4-0 win for Neil Lennon's Celtic side. <laughs> over the halfway line, Campbell, pressed by Lee Griffiths, that's wonderful play there from the Celtic number nine, and suddenly Celtic on the attack, Edward to McGregor, McGregor edge of the box, he's got Edward inside, still McGregor, plays it to Edward, side foots, it's a chance, of course it's a goal, it's Hudson Edward, he gets the break of the ball, and the second attempt, no mistake, and Celtic with eight minutes on the clock, are leading by a goal to nil, and it's the French striker with his 23rd goal of the season. McGregor and Edward bursting forward. McGregor does well to carry the ball just into the box. He rolls it to Edward. The first attempt is blocked, but the French striker's there just to coolly tuck that one home for his 23rd of the season. 
here come Motherwell again, trying to fashion a chance before the break. Ball clipped across. And Celtic, plenty of bodies behind the ball. Eventually, it breaks towards Ahrens, he's onside. And it's saved by Fraser Foster, well, it's like a pinball in there, it breaks to Ahrens. Denied by Fraser Foster. McGregor down the left-hand side, still McGregor, edge of the box, still Callum McGregor, he's into the area, still McGregor, cuts it back towards Griffiths, it's a chance for Griffiths, and he scored again! McGregor once more with the assist, and this time it's Lee Griffiths, he just side-foots it beyond Mark Gillespie, five minutes of the second half gone, and it's Celtic 2, Motherwell nil. Such an important goal, and that was brilliant from Callum McGregor, just to show good strength and good pace, and eventually manages just to, to cut a great pass back. Griffiths manages to take a touch, and then from there, on the edge of the six-yard box, he just side-foots that one beyond the keeper, but all Callum McGregor for that one. Lee Griffiths will be very grateful for his teammate for creating that. Here comes Celtic again, Griffiths holding off his man, just rolls it on towards Incham, Incham, first time to the far post, looking for Odson Edward, goes over towards the corner flag, Edward will keep that one in play, Taylor's there, trying to drag a man away, so it's one-on-one -on -one with Odson Edward, he cuts inside, skips one way, curls it across, it's it. Griffiths is off the bar, wonderful combination play there between the two forwards, Griffiths so close to his second of the night, Wonderful pass forward there from Ayer to Edward. Edward can roll into the path of Incham. It could be number three. Oh, he's blazed it over. That should be goal number three, and that would have been one of the goals of the season. I don't think Incham can quite believe it. It was the pass from Ayer, the flick from Griffiths, the layoff from Edward. And it's an Edward. Well, we've seen him, and Olivia Incham blazes it over when it should have been a goal. Phil Forrest into the area. Turns back across to Incham, then to McGregor. Brown back to Incham. Forward towards Forrest, flipped inside to Christie. Christie back to Forrest, good play from Celtic. Forrest across now to McGregor. Volley's it! Oh, that's a wonder goal from Callum McGregor! The play was exquisite, the finish was divine! Callum McGregor, two assists! And an absolute belter, Celtic 3, Motherwell 0. That was what a class from McGregor there, just that first touch there to tee himself up and then he smashes it on the volley, past the keeper from just inside the box, what a finish, sensational. And what a way to, to cap off a, a wonderful bit of build-up play there from Celtic, some great passing. Could Odson Edward make it four on the night? Another free kick, we know how deadly he can be from set pieces. The Frenchman steps up. Oh, he does! That's unbelievable! He shoots, he scores! Celtic and in Dreamland! He's done it again, unbelievable. What, what a free kick, just getting it up and over the wall there. A fantastic finish, he's just... What, what a run of form he's on just now, it's an absolute joy to watch with Edward, just so cool, doesn't need to blast that one, he just places it, the keeper's trying to line up his wall, but the wall's not going to stop that one, he manages to get it up and down like that, it's just incredible.